Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm drinking out of uh, ABC 12. I'm drinking out of uh, hotel plastic. Nice, nice. That that enhances the flavor. There we go. <laughs> it does enhance the flavor. Don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay, everybody. Here we go. This one's a little different, so I'm not going to play any prepared sound bites. We are live on Podbean, I think, but we're not live on YouTube. This is how our forefathers podcasted. This is old school. Oh, sure, several several no- shows you listen to nowadays probably do it this way, but I, I just hope you understand that's what makes the Pack Filler so fucking great, right? You're welcome. So before I give thanks, let's say uh, gooder sunglasses, people. I have to say I was pretty damn sad when I saw the Superfly series were being canceled until I rode yesterday with their mock Gs. I also wore them today. I think I'm going to be fine. These shades are all the Superflies are and more. Get your ass to Gooder.com and get some of the greatest value in eyewear around. If you're a Pack Filler team member, you can use a code to get 20% off for the month of April. Also, if you're a team member, you get a free pair coming in May, so double that up. Also, big thanks to Giant Bicycles. Yes, that Giant Bicycles. They're huge for a reason because they rock. I love the fuck out of my TCR Advanced SL, and I don't know if that's something they would want me to say, you know, that I would fuck. Love the fuck out of it, but I do. Um, which all the reviews are agreeing with me on. Trust me, get one of these bad boys. If you can't find one, go to a giant dealer. They will get you dialed in. And now let's see how the other half live, right? We're podcasting online. We're doing it like there, there's a cat in Paul's ear. This is so adorable. It's Walter Planker is in my ear. <laughs> He's named after the 76 Tour of Flanders uh, winner. That's actually quite perfect. Uh, let me. Uh, yeah, we're. This is a remote show here, you guys. Today, it's it's also Tuesday because many of us, if not all of us, have ties to Gonzaga, and we had to pay homage to the unfortunate um, basketball game. I guess we could call it that happened last night. 
Sure, we're a cycling podcast, but we do want to say thanks to the GU Bulldogs and congratulations on a great season. They kind of Laurent Fignon'd it. They, you know, they made it to the last stage and then they just kind of, you know, lost by collapsed. Yeah, 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 just a little last second thing there. Jackson probably doesn't get that reference, but let's get silly. The pack fillers here. And they all have the beverage that represents them best, um, except one who's not here. He pulled out at the last second, kind of like, never mind. Um, first and foremost, if it isn't Belgian, welcome to the end of the world. So uh, welcome, Mr. Paul Main. Uh, what, how are you, man? And what is your beer of choice? Uh, it, it would be the, I'm doing fine. This is the St. Bernardus uh, BT12, of course. It's, it's the best beer in the world. So I think I think we're going to be okay then. The world's not coming to an end. Paul is truly nah. drinking a Belgian. So if, it's, if, if you would have held up like a, uh, it's this Coors Light Seltzer. I really kind of like it. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. Uh, second off, if it is beer, it is again the end of the world. Welcome to the show, Jackson Bulger. How are you, dude? Doing well, yes. Today I uh, recently went to the store and got a Fanta. I had my girlfriend pick it out because she knows me best and so i thought why don't you pick it to see what represents me and that's what we came back with you got an orange fanta oh yeah you know what the other or the other fantas do they really count grape fanta's pretty good i will say really? i really like that i'm a big grape soda fan so you'll be happy with scratch's new flavor I yeah that. Yeah, definitely. Not bad at all. Uh, third, I was going to say if it's important, we're all if, if it is imported, we're all going to die because it is the end of the world. Jack Broadhead, but he's not here. So fuck him. Uh, fourth, <laughs> I'm Pat Bulger. I have the Freem IPA from a growler I had filled last night in uh, Hood River, Oregon at the home of the brewery himself. Um, I have my my pressurized growler here just off camera. And I've been sipping out of this for the last couple days. And it's because it's got CO2 in it, I can enjoy beer and not... not Because you, you get a growler and it's like, I don't have any friends. I can't drink this in one sitting. <laughs> it's, so, I, so I spent extra money instead of going out and finding more friends. And uh, I, I, so I got my growler filled. And it's the hazy IPA. It's delicious. I love, I love free brewing and um, yeah, I, it's, it's good shit. Uh, gentlemen, so uh, these be what what would these beverages say about you, Paul? We're going to say it's probably that you're just a Belgian lunatic. It, that is true. I, I love that country, and uh, I miss it. I can't wait to go back. And uh, once again, it's rated uh, 99 in the Wine Spectators. They did a, a beer thing. It's wow. rated 99. That's not that I am rated 99. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, but you're no. saying that about yourself, yeah. though. So yeah. No. Mine, I guess I'm going to say it's uh, it's regional and it's kind of clouded. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, yours is what, what does your say about you? Um, I don't know. I've always been a big fan of oh. like Fanta, and I I that was terrible. I, I associate it with like a lot of the a lot of the good times of childhood, and I think it also is such a strong flavor because I'm such a strong and lovable personality. Oh Jesus! <laughs> you raised him. Shame on shame on you! I said shame shame on you! I I got to get a towel. I my my tap released a little bit into my hand, and I don't want to get get beer all over my microphone because that yeah, that's bad. what that was. Yeah. Right. It was beer. <laughs> the yeah. Foam, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Am I the only one here fully vaccinated on this show so far now? Uh, my first shot is tomorrow. It is. Mm-hmm. Which one are you doing? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Whatever multi-care, you know, what I'm, my wife's which, hospital is. You don't know what shot it multi-care. is? No, it's probably uh, Pfizer or All right. the other one, Moderna. Jackson, you're still you're still unvaccinated, right? I am unvaccinated, Too but young. I became eligible the other day, so that's very exciting. Yeah, Oregon's Oregon's getting their shit together and doing it, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah. I am I am fully vaccinated. Um, I had my first shot uh, a couple weeks ago, and my shoulder was sore. And then I thought, you know what? I'm I'm a tough guy. I'm going to be fine. I got my second shot last Friday. And uh, Friday all day, I was like, "Piece of cake, man! This is great. I'm 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 a rock star." And then in the middle of the night, Friday night into Saturday, I pretty much approached death's door, and Satan was laughing at me at the entryway. And I had been, I spent at least twenty four <laughs> hours. And I know that men have a tendency to overdo their sickness. And I, I went full CP on this sickness. I went, this is the worst sickness anybody's ever had in their entire life. I was laid out. I had chills. I had aches. I had a headache. I was I was dying. And I have never felt that terrible. And I also realized that I haven't been, I don't know about you guys, I haven't been sick for over a year because of all this COVID precautions. And I, I forgot what it's like to be sick. And I... Holy shit, it kicked me in the head. It was so bad. Um, and, and on top of it, add everything to it. Uh, last night, I went out to Freem. I, I, and I'm not going to point any fingers at anybody on this. I went out to Freem. I got food from their pickup window. I got a growler fill. I ate some lunch along the way earlier in the day. What this is leading to is I woke up in the middle of the night last night and had to vomit. Yes. I have not puked. So I don't think I don't think I've puked since like back in the days when martinis were cool. <laughs> and and I would drink too many martinis and I would puke. Because I I vomited last night at like three in the morning. This has nothing to do with the sport of cycling, but I just want everybody, every all of our listeners to know that it, it does. And then I'm going to get the reference. Did it projectile yes. like Sam Bennett? It, it, well, I it was one of those ones where you, it wakes you up in the middle of the night and you're breathing hard and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was fighting it. And then I'm just like, oh god, okay, I'm going to go into the bathroom and I'm I'm, just, I'm sitting there in the bathroom. And then the cold sweat starts to break out the top of your forehead. And you're like going, holy shit, this is going to happen. This is really going to fucking happen. And you're, I'm sitting on the toilet, you know, not the, the lid's closed. I'm just sitting on it, you know, ready for that, that pit crew at NASCAR move where you stand up, flip the lid up, spin around and let her go. And I, sh- I thought, no, I, dude, I, haven't, I haven't puked in over 15 years. This isn't going to happen. And all of a sudden, boom, it, it, it hit me. And everything that I ate from frame was was gone it, it was gone and so i <laughs> i think the good news is i didn't gain any weight from it so i, I kind of tried a little karen carpenter <laughs> style of training there <laughs> sorry am i gonna get in trouble for making a bulimia joke <laughs> probably yeah but I, I puked and i felt it was weird i went to bed feel after that felt great is everything was pure perched for my symptoms my sim- system, Jesus, except my ability to speak. I'm pretty sure that um, 
I'm going to blame that on the COVID vaccine, too, that I puked after eating a good burger. So you're saying we have something to look forward to? I, You know what? The, and I, I talked to my dad and my, my uncle, my uncle who's a doctor, so, you know, he knows his shit. Um, and I guess they say that what they're saying is that people with strong immune systems are reacting worse to it because your immune system kicks in and really into high gear and it overreacts almost like you have covid and and so that's that's how why some people are just like nope i barely had anything and then some people are like me you know thinking that i'm dead so it's so interesting how different people react to it too like like i told you today like my girlfriend got it and nothing nothing at all which is really interesting so Kind of interesting, just how everybody reacts so differently. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it, here's the my wife who has only been sick once in thirty five years. Uh, it's, she's got a strong immune system. Did not even phase her. Really? Well, yeah. There goes, but there the, goes the my fellow nurses, her fellow nurses, the younger ones, all got sick. Wow. You know, short periods. Some like like a half 12 hours some 24 hours yeah but no more than two days i'm just, the same vaccine too i'm still waking up with headaches wow yeah i've been i've been taking two tylenol every morning so we'll wow. see. And, and it's not because i'm drinking a lot either but my, i guess <laughs> my main point of bringing all this up is is i i'm on a mini little road trip here this was the supposed to be the big week leading up to the the trip to jack's house in hoquim where we were gonna did i say it right hoquim 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 town town outside of aberdeen um and we were gonna have a a mini training camp there and do like 60 miles a day right and um Mm -hmm. that uh that turned into uh, i i may i take it i take the blame i made the mistake and looked at the weather and I thought to myself, <laughs> self, do you want to drive seven hours one way for three days at 50 degrees and raining? Or do you want to stay home for 60 degrees and maybe 20% chance of rain? And then I, t- I talked to you about it, Paul, and we both mm-hmm. were like, uh, oh, yeah. And on top of that, I think Jack was telling us that there might be a shower yeah. Working in the house. There was an outdoor doesn't. one, wasn't there? He said, no, we have an outdoor one. Yeah, he's an outdoor shower. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're, we're going to be three hours in pouring cold rain, and yeah. we get to take a, a shower on the outside. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. But he said he might have some buckets underneath the shower because <laughs> the drain wasn't connected. <laughs> so. And that's yeah. the pasta water for that night. Yeah, <laughs> it's only gray water, guys. Come on. <laughs> so, needless to say, I decided a road trip because I had the week off, and I I, I rode in Hood River yesterday. Did a freaking I love this ride from Hood River to the Dalles, Oregon. It's just it's climbs. It's in the it's in the winery, not wineries. It's you know it's in the hills, but there are orchards and things like that. Great climbing um, and things like that. It was a beautiful ride. You know, not very long, maybe two plus hours. And then today, now I'm in Portland, even though Jackson's maybe a three minute drive for me. We're both in separate places right now because of the technology issues. 
But uh, in Portland today and tomorrow, Jackson and I did a ride. Jackson, you're going to have to describe the ride to people, what we did today. Um, great, great, beautiful ride today and some, some insane climbing. And if they don't put the world's course there, something's wrong. The world, the, Portland's buying, trying to get the world's. Yeah, in 2026, I think um, the route we did today was like kind of a mixture of very flat, but then very steep at the same time. We started out with probably, I'd say, 86 feet of elevation. Yeah. And nothing. that was just cross. Yeah. What was that? No, I was just saying, yeah, it was nothing. Yeah. And then, um, and then after we did our little flat area, it we took a ride on the highway and then got onto this this street and it just pitches up to 17% at some points and it's, and it never stops going up until it just goes straight back down. So, and the, the, the troll bridge. Yeah. The troll bridge. So there is a bridge <laughs> here in Portland that you can find on this street and it, um, it has a bunch of the toy trolls like stapled to it or like nailed to it or glued to it or whatever. Like, but, and there's just, thousands over there and it's crazy and it's super weird and it's in the middle of nowhere yeah. but it's there <laughs> and it's like you said that right there i think was almost that 17 percent pitch it's the steepest at that point yeah yeah so it was a great ride um jackson i uh, i had a listener asking me if we climbed springville do you know where that is we did not we went up mcname is what it is is springville yeah. one of those climbs in that Going yeah, over so that area. you'll come down off the St. John's Bridge, and then it'll. Um, <clears throat> there's one off to the left, and it's Springville, and it heads up into Forest Park. It's it's steeper than what we climbed. Oh shit! Really? Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Paul, how's your ride week been? That was pretty good. Uh, you were in bed on Saturday. Uh, we were going to ride, um, but uh, I ended up kind of creating a. Uh, a route for maybe the club riders. I kind of threw it out there for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to honor the um, uh, Peru Bay, I threw in some gravel. Um, there's a there's a climb that that you did, Jackson, that you didn't make it all the way up. That one gravel climb. That's oh, part that of one. it. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did make it up. So, <laughs> it's you're going yeah, for a KOM. Yeah. yeah. You almost tossed it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it, it, it's got that, and then the, then there's a second section of gravel is uh, is is where you did that film uh, gravel with friends. Yeah. Oh. That video. Okay. And so that's another section. If anybody's curious, you want to see that? Could I think it's still on? I mean, on uh, YouTube. Yeah. So there's that section, and then uh, it swings around and does the goat climb, which most people aren't going to understand. But at one oh, point in time, God. there was a goat farm right by this road. And it's probably, I bet you a 15% climb on gravel and very washboardy. It's a devil of a climb. And then you get on top and there's some more, um, gravel. And then you drop down and, and, uh, go down Charles road, which used to be part of the Spokane river road race. It's now paved. It used to be gravel. And you finish, you start at the nine mill school by the Spokane river. And it's just this kind of big kind of loop that crosses over. And so it's only 38 miles, but I think it's 2,700 feet of climbing. And, okay. Yeah. So should we say it? Should we do it right now and set the time, set the start sure. location and everything like that and see how many mm -hmm. people we can bang the drum and get it doing? Yeah, yeah. Do you think Saturday or Sunday? 
I mean, Sunday is Prairie Roubaix, but Saturday is usually kind of a little more convenient. Yeah. Um, I'll leave that up to you based on your travels. Oh, you I'm, know what co- I mean? I'm coming home Thursday. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the weather here is 50 degrees with possible rain, uh, which is fine for me, but I don't know if that's going to encourage people. <laughs> uh, temperature goes up, and I don't think there's any much chance of rain on, on Sunday. So, um, And the, I think it bumps up to like 55 degrees on Sunday. Oh, boy. So. Um, you, you, you're the captain of the ship. No, so, so we should, we should commit to it now. So let's go mm-hmm. Perry Roubaix Sunday. What time do you think at, at the nine mile school? Let's do 10 o'clock and give enough people to, okay. to get there if they want to come and yeah. Ten, 10 and we'll meet at the nine mile school. There's plenty of parking there. Yeah. So 10 a.m. Nine mile school. This Sunday, April 11th, I'm looking at my watch to make sure I have the correct date. Uh, Today is the 6th when we're recording. April 11th, Sunday, April 11th at 10 a.m. at the Nine Mile School. We're going to do our first unofficial pack filler fun ride. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably not going to be fun. But um, it's not a non-drop. It is a drop. But it is um, it is fun, and I think I I personally will hang around till everybody finishes. And shit, I'll bring swag. I'll bring all kinds oh, of swag. Nice. Yeah, I'll bring stuff. I'll bring everybody walks away with something on on this Sunday, uh, Perry Roubaix Sunday. Let's celebrate in style. I'll bring some stuff from Gooder, some stuff from Scratch, some stuff from who else are we sponsored by that I have swag of. Uh, you know, I'll I'll bring it all. So um, everybody come. You can ride at your own pace, but uh, the front guys will go as hard as they want to go. There we go. We just did it. We committed to it. Holy shit. Now what are we going to do? Now we got to really do it. <laughs> um, so, and Jackson, you, you can't come because you live here. <laughs> He's quiet. Oh, no. I said, I said, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, um, here's here's the part where we – oh, Jackson, how's, your, how's the rest of your riding week been? I don't think I got that from you. Oh, it's been good. Yeah, I did a bit of a longer ride last weekend, I think on Saturday. Uh, so that was good. And then, yeah, I've just kind of been doing my other little things. Today was uh, my first ride of the week. I always go out on Tuesdays. So, yeah, <clears throat> doing well so far, getting in as much as I can. Yeah, you're riding strong, man. You know, I haven't I haven't been on a bike with you since fall. Because yeah. we've been just doing the indoor stuff, so no, it's, it's the first time we don't we've both been on the same roads at the same time, so it's, it's good. Um, let's should we get to the headlines, gentlemen? Let's check the headlines. I don't have my theme music, but maybe I'll edit it in. I probably won't. Hey, you guys, the Tour of Flanders happened. Yep, it did. If you're unaware of the race of the results, this is a podcast about bike racing, and I'm going to spoil the race for you. Uh, you've been warned. Uh, wow. Uh, we don't get a Perry roubaix but, uh, we had a great Flanders. Um, uh, before I even, you know what, who picked, uh, two of the top three, um, in the final podium? I can't believe, I remember we all picked and I know one of us got two of the top three. Who was that? <laughs> oh, that's right. It was me. I got two of the top three. My curse could potentially be lifted. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to get too confident about this. But two of the top three, goddammit. it, and and I did not pick 
Wild Van Aert or Matthew Vanderpool. So I just want to pat myself on the back and go with that. Do, does anybody have any first impressions of what we witnessed on uh, this last weekend with, with in, in essence, the true last of the cobbled classics for 2021, even though Perry Roubaix is being postponed? I think my first little snippet of thought is that I was uh, so shocked that I stood up and gasped and made my uh, cat run into the other room. (laughs) (laughs) At at any specific moment that made you gasp? The sprint. Yeah. That is what made me gasp. I don't think anyone was expecting what, what happened in the end. Was I the only one screaming at my TV saying, Casper, the fuck, dude? You can't wait for the go. What are you waiting for? What's he waiting for? Does he think he's got another lap or something? Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm screaming at the TV. And he didn't attack. And I thought, well, that's it. It's a gimme. And I was wrong. Yeah, it was great uh, teamwork by uh, DeKunik. Now, elegant, right? Yeah. Elegant, yeah. and so, um, yeah, I, I was watching with uh, Dismont Dave, and I, I said, you know, he can't wait. If he's going to wait for the sprint, he's going to have to go because he's got a big engine. They call him the motorcycle. <laughs> and um, and so, sure enough, at 2.50, said, if you wait for Matthew to and you to, to attack, yeah, he's going to get a jump on you. He's got a, a jump. But if you can do a drag race... I think that was his only chance, and that's what he did. And he was smart. He, he wasn't behind him. He was just kind of like a little bit off on yeah. that sprint. So he could really kind of time his sprint, you know. So, yeah, I, I think he was a master class. I really didn't think he had a great chance of doing that, winning, but he pulled it off. It was a, it was a great. This this kid's around to stay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And should be. And what, what's that? Go ahead. Just go ahead. And he should be included in this new generation of riders that we're constantly talking about, you know, with Alaphilippe, Wout Van Aert, and Matthew Vanderpool. It's like uh, there are a lot of really impressive people. I mean, how old is Askreen? I think he's 24, 25, Shit. I think. Yeah. So, I yeah. Think. Yeah. We got, we got several more years of seeing this guy mm-hmm. at this level. Yeah. Um, and then Vanderpool just locking up. It's like he was. Ha- it's like he he got the jump. He started going. He got to his top end, and then he just went. Nope, fuck it. You, it's over. He was he was pedaling squares. You look at him. They're both together, and obviously Askren had his smooth pedaling style. And yeah. you can see Matthew whether he was cramping or he was trying to give it all, and just said screw it. Once he went past him, he wasn't going to sprint anymore. Yeah. He just glided in. When you see the overhead shot of that finishing straight, you see the jerking of the bike with yeah. Vanderpool, but then with Askreen, you don't see that as much. So it, yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if there was a sort of like, like we were just talking about cramping, or he was just at the end of his rope when it came to that sprint, mm-hmm. and all on the climbs instead. And those yeah. those those attacks on the climbs were just still unbelievable. The fact that he can still, even though he came in second on the day. Those attacks are just something that you not that is not something that is normal. To see somebody go to the front at these types of races and by yourself completely disintegrate 
the best riders in the world. It is. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I think this is going to be something that we're going to go. Oh my God! You know, remember those Matthew Vanderpool attacks? How he could do that? I don't know how long he can do that for, but holy shit! Just sheer strength is just. To quote Step Brothers, raw power, man, raw power. Raw power. <laughs> raw power. Hate you. Still hate snap. you too. <laughs> it's snap. Hate you. Still hate you. <laughs> yeah. What What <laughs> happened to Wout? What happened to Wout Van Aert? Man, when it's out of gas. Yeah, exactly. When it seems like he's coming up against Vanderpool now, like it seems like he he can attack, but he can't attack like Vanderpool can. And I think when he tries that, I think what we're seeing is he kind of has the tendency to blow up when he goes for those intense, just bone breaking attacks. Like he has them, but I don't know if he has them like Vanderpool does. And I think that's one thing that's tough. Was this year's edition better, different, worse than last year's? I keep thinking of last year's being so absolutely amazing, but I think that might be me trying to, wrap my head around the fact that I was so desperate to watch a bike race last year. Um, was what made this year different, better or worse for you guys? I think, uh, I think this year, well, last year was, um, it was a dream scenario. It was well scripted. This is what everybody wanted to see the three, you know, those three Alaphilippe and, and Vanderpool and, um, and Van Art. Well, you're forgetting, the finish. The, you're forgetting the fourth. That motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> that was later on. But you know, it was it was scripted right and and that made it for I mean you couldn't have a, a better finish. I mean, that's what everybody wanted to see. Uh, this year, I think uh, if you're into tactics to watch De Kunic, they were uh, it was a masterpiece. Um and as the homework was, I switched it up. You asked about the homework. And yeah. I sent you the the link, and it's about um, Tour Flanders from the Dukunic side, and you can see their preparation for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they know what they're doing. I mean, they they schooled uh, Vanderpool um, at E3 Ashgren one. Yeah. And then they did it again. But comparing the two, you know, we're talking about um, Van Art. I think he races better when Vanderpool is not there. I think he races against Vanderpool when they're together. He he, it's like a cross race to him. I mean, this is my take on it. I I I'm like he's he's not really racing as smart as he he does when he's not there. Yeah. Um. And and you know they mark each other all the time, and if he's a little bit off, you know, he's not going to stay with him. Jackson. Yeah, I um. I think I found this year's edition of the race to be much more, uh, I liked it better personally, just because it wasn't what we were expecting. I, I do love to see like the big three fighting it out to see what's going to happen. Um, but I, I found this year to be so unpredictable and exciting. So I, I like, I like a bit of a surprise, just like I did in the tour when Pagacha just came out of nowhere and, won it on the last day. So I, I, I appreciate those type of races. And I think I appreciated this one because of that. Um, and I think that, yeah, it is interesting now that I'm thinking about it to see how wild races when it comes to when Vander pulls around, because I remember it was, I forget what race it was. I think it was E3, but when he, um, 
when both him and Vanderpool were the only two polling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, or Duars. Um, yeah, Duars. Yeah, but it was it was so weird that they were the only two polling, and they yeah. were willing to do that. It it mm-hmm. just like they only kind of think about each other in those type of race scenarios. Sometimes. Yep. Is that youthful ignorance, youth, youthful bravado, or just maybe that, that's what they're used to? They they yeah. mark each other all the time. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. what what they do. If they know each other so well, racing almost fifteen years together. Yeah, you know, they're getting. Yeah, they know each other's moves. Yeah. Uh, I, go, Jay. I was gonna say I find it to be that. I wonder if they almost think that they're just going to win every classic a little bit. Cause that's what I, that's what I get from Vanderpool at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Wout, but I, I feel like whenever they go into a race, they expect to win it, which is mm-hmm. the mentality of a champion, obviously. But I think that that can sure. be kind of difficult when one of them doesn't take it. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, it's, it's great racing. It just turns out and it makes for great racing. Um, there are some other elements about uh, Flanders that I think, might shine a little cloud on things and this is at least my second news story um how about this one a change to the uci rules which came in force on april 1st we all know that right led to disqualification of a number of riders in recent days michael Shar from ag2r citron among them he was expelled from flanders after throwing his beat on towards a group of cheering fans on the roadside who immediately swooped up the race memento uh, in reaction to the Swiss rider is taken to the social media and refl- to reflect on just what a roadside bottle meant to him he- when he was young. Instagram post which begins with, quote, Dear UCI, why kids start cycling, end quote, has drawn supportive reaction from some, com- some, com- some people commentating on, on it over online. The replies running to into the thousands, including many within the Peloton. Um, and also Rally Rider uh, was DQ'd from GPL Miguel, uh, GP Miguel Indiran just recently for accidentally dropping a gel wrapper. He, I guess he's claiming he was trying to put it into his back pocket. The gel wrapper came out. He was DQ'd for it. Um, uh, I, 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 I do want to say before I even ask a single question about this, I was hoping that all these rules coming into effect on April 1st was kind of like when uh, uh, Volkswagen was making the joke that on April 1st they were going to change their name to Volkswagen. Um, it, it was it was a definitely an April Fool's joke. It was a shitty April Fool's joke, and, and everybody got <laughs> mad at Volkswagen for it. I kept waiting for UCI to go, nah, really, we're going to allow the puppy paws and the super duck, and, and you know, we're just fucking with you. But no, they're really doing this. Um, is it just me, or are the UCI priorities uh, a bit out of whack? Uh, I, I, I can't believe this is going on right now, especially in the final K when Matthew Vanderpool and Casper Askren both shed a water bottle. Both of them did right after each other. And, and the commentators were saying, oh, shit, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. But they did not get nailed, fined. DQ'd or anything like that, but this guy riding for Ajay Tour thrown out of the race, S- throwing a beat on to some fans. Uh, gentlemen, commentation comments on on your thoughts on what the fuck is going through the minds of the UCI. And you don't have to go my side of the angle. You could probably tell me to shut up, and it's a good thing. But why? Yeah, I <clears throat> I've been hearing a lot about this stuff because 
First of all, to give my personal opinion, I think that to disqualify a rider for doing something like that is a little difficult um, because I I don't know. I don't, I, I think that the UCI needs to enforce the rules with some discretion a little bit. And I think that's what they were originally saying that they were going to do. Um, but then it kind of became this ruler to the hand type of scenario where if you do anything wrong, we're going to immediately enforce these rules. Yeah. I think that it was, we have new rules. We have to try and take advantage of it and show that these, show these writers that this is like, that this cannot be done anymore. I think that, I think it's a bit of an overkill and I find it to be that now it's just making cycling this sport that is so not how it is where it's so accessible it's making it into a stadium sport rather than the sport that we see and i think that yes COVID is still a thing and obviously fans and riders can't have that type of interaction now but what happens when COVID's over is it like is hugging going to still be banned yeah, or yeah. is or are bottles allowed to be tossed to riders like that we we clearly could tell that that wasn't littering yeah. So I, I don't know. That's so do you difficult. think do you think that's the reason why the disqualification came out because of a COVID situation where he could be passing a tainted bottle to a spectator? Do you think that's the reason the UCI was going through that? No, they're, they're forcing uh, what they're trying to do is is environmental impact that a bike race has. It's the gel packs, the rice cake foil wrappers, sure, yeah. that type of thing. And, and they they said they're going to push it in water bottles being one of those, too because it's not biodegradable, that type of thing. And they, there is designated zones. In fact, a clarification way I understand it, the last, I think, two kilometers in a race, you can dispose your your wrappers, okay. water bottles, whatever. So that's how they got away. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and Mikhail Schar's situation, supposedly he realized once he let it go to that fan, those group of fans, he went like, he dawned on them because they were they were informed that they were going to push this to the to the ultimate. They are taking this seriously. Okay. Um, I understand with rappers uh, and all that. You know, you, how many times have you seen in the past squirt gel just thrown on the ground, and you think of like in a tour, two hundred riders, yeah. there's going to be gel packs strung out for 150 miles. Um, with the water bottle, it's just ridiculous. Uh, I can see if they're throwing it into a farmer's field or something. Yeah. But it's like American baseball. I mean, a water bottle is is like to a kid or even an adult. And I'll use an experience. Um, the last time I was at Perou Bay, yes, I've been to Belgium. What? Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at the end of it, we were in sector 13 or she. Dave and I were like perusing, let everybody clear and find any water bottle or anything. And I finally found one and it was a uh, Yumbo uh, Visma that was squished by a car and exploded. But I kept it. I have it in my bike room. You know, it's one of those things. It's just like, I I can guarantee you somebody finds a water bottle on a race course. They're picking it up. They're not going to go, oh, that's wasteful. But no one picks up gel packets or anything like that, you know, for a souvenir. Um, And then one more thing we, when we're at, uh, Recon, uh, the day be- or two days before Perry Roubaix, we're on the Cafour de l'Abra and we're taking photo shoots. And there's a little kid, French kid, that says, Bidon, uh, s'il vous plaît. And all the riders were like dumping off their water bottles right at, at his feet and stuff. And so, you know, that 
uh, even Chris Froome said in 1997, he saw his first Tour de France and he got a water bottle and that really got him excited and became a racer after that. So tossing a water bottle to, to crowds stuff, you know, it doesn't make sense. I think it's asinine. I think it's, I think, Mm -hmm. I think the UCI needs to look at this on a case by case basis. Um, and, and I know that, that, Maybe they're incapable of doing that right now. Maybe they need to enforce things so strictly that it just completely changes the behavior. But I, I see somebody sliding a water bottle in the, the way those guys do it. They, you know, they they throw it on the ground before at the feet of the people, and it slides toward them. Um, that, by the way, also for me, if I was a sponsor of a cycling team, would be one of the, it would be better than having your products in the publicity caravan before a ride before a race. It, because it is a, it is like you say, it is a product that is not that expensive in the grand tour scheme of things, mm-hmm. and it is brilliant advertising. Your your family's going to take that bottle home, and just like you, Paul, it was smashed by a car, but it is still in your bike room, and you're going to keep mm-hmm. it there probably forever. And you're going to look at the logo of that company every day for the rest of your life when you're in your bike room. Holy shit! What the fuck? I, I I don't I truly am I am blown away by the UCI's ineptitude of understanding something like this. When we've got a sport that is in so desperate need of, of, of financial support because of the world we're living in right now, everything is going broke, and they're cracking down on people. You know, I I if I was a race director, I would say, let's establish fines, and I will pay all the fines. I want my riders to be able to 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 put give water bottles to to fans I, I and and i agree if they're tossing it to a it to a field in the middle of nowhere you know and, and sure the uci can have mm-hmm. their have their day with that but but if they're sliding it to fans on the side of the road jesus christ come on um how about you know focusing on things like rider safety you know we, we have to have a massive accident before uh finish line straights are taken care of um, and traffic situations are taken care of. COVID protocol, event quality, things like that. But no, we're worried about puppy paws, super tucks, and gel wrappers. Um, yeah, I, I, I think mass amounts of gel wrappers being thrown around should be a, a, a cause for a fine or a penalty. But I don't think it's something to kick a person out of a race for. There, off soapbox. You guys have anything else on that before I move on? No. Okay, number three. After Peter Sagan told Cycling News he would look for a new team if Bora Hansgrohe are not interested, Jackson, I talked about this on the ride, if they're not interested in renewing his contract, the coin of quick step has emerged as the most logical destina- destination with bike sponsor Specialized likely to pay a key role in ensuring the three-time world champion moves to the Belgian team. Whoa. Okay, so um, it seems that both uh, window factor... Uh, window manufacturer Decoinic and flooring brand Quickstep are keen to stay on as title sponsors for, for next year. Lefebvre is looking for a bigger budget so he can compete against the likes of Ineos Grenadiers. I spoke about this on, on our last Coffee and Comments where you know he's whining about not having enough money, but he has one of the most successful teams in the Peloton. But he wants, to, he wants the big bucks. He wants to play Major League Baseball with the Yankees, the Ineos Grenadiers, the Jumbo Vismas, and the UAE Team Emirates. So according to French newspaper Le Keep, Sagan joining to coin a quick step with financial support from Specialized would solve everyone's problems, give Peter uh, a new team. Um, my questions are, number one, thoughts on the potential move 
Um, and number two, just to start, is is this a, a, a logical destination for Peter Sagan? The, a team like this with so many stars, so many sharp arrows in the quiver, if you will. Is this a good move for Peter? Jackson, you're his biggest fan. Let's start with you. Yeah, it's it's a move where I don't know if he's going to be the, the, the center anymore because, like I said on today's ride, that when he he wrote this in his book that when he went to Bora, it was originally the plan that the team would be built around him. He'd bring people from his team like Daniel Oss and they would kind of build that team around him. And then as we've seen, they've kind of changed their motives a little bit. They can see that they could maybe win a grand tour or a week long race. And I don't, and I think with him moving to quick step, I think that it's a move where, I don't. Is he going to be the green jersey contender? Because they have Sam Bennett, Bennett in their yeah. ranks. So would he be the lead out guy, or would he be a day classics type of guy? And it's like, I don't know if Peter wants that type of type of team. He is thirty one, I think, and he's obviously not near the end of his career necessarily. But he's a different rider than he was when he won three world championships. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. I do think if he wants to win a lot, though, going to quick steps is not the first place you could go. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Paul, thoughts on this transfer, if, if it does, if it is truly going to happen? Well, uh, what does he make, like $5 million as it stands right now on contract? Most people take a pay cut uh, to go to De Kooning, but if yeah. Specialized is going to cover that bill, I could see him doing it. Um, uh, as Jackson mentioned, he's 31. Maybe he knows his limitations and maybe focus on maybe not the green Jersey anymore. Um, maybe, or, or just doing the Juro doing the, you know, a Chiclamore or whatever it is, the Spanish Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Um, there or, or the Vuelta or, or something else as an alternative. Um, yeah, it, it it's interesting to see what, what Peter wants to focus on. I mean, he showed a little bit of, uh, you know, during, during, uh, Milan San Remo, a little bit of light and he won a stage, but he was pretty much nowhere in Flanders. Um, you know, I think he finished in the top 20, but you know, that's not what we expect from him, especially at $5 million. So, um, that team is obviously, if you go to that team, you have to be a team player and sacrifice. And that's how Askren won the, you know, Flanders sure. is like 
Got to pass it up. I I think that it, I agree with you, Paul. That I think that if this was something that is going to happen um, with Peter and his current list of of Palmares of of, of recent, um, he's very likely going to probably have to take a pay cut. But um, man, the depth of that team would be unbelievable. Um, is the are we entering a new realm of super teams or have we just been in one all the time? I, I was thinking back, but while I was asking this, these original questions and reading the story, that's probably why I read it so poorly, um, was about the concept of the super teams and, and the, te- and the, you know, where the biggest budgets collect all the best riders and it just dominates. I can think back as far as lobby Claire, I can think back, to even Renault uh, was probably a, a, a super team at the time. Hell, Multaney might have been thought of as a super team. But um, we're definitely in an era where you have a great amount of riders all on this wearing the same kit. And, and the ability to, con- to not necessarily control, but appease all those riders of such amazing quality is is it, well it's got to take a lot of money because you know yeah if you have a team like Ineos um you're not going to be able to calm uh Teo Gegenhart um Egan Bernal and Garrett Thomas all by saying well we might get you a race to win this year you're going to have to pay them to be able to sit back and work for somebody else um is this a good move? Is this is this where the sport's headed, where it's just going to be the biggest bucks, get the biggest results? Well, I think you can see that in all world sport. Like, I'm trying to think. Manchester City in England, they had just this gigantic takeover from Middle Eastern buyers, and now they're one of the best teams in the world. Like, just out of nowhere. They used to be in the second division, and it happened – like. Um, we see with like Tom Brady, obviously they don't have like the biggest, like this one NFL team doesn't have the biggest budget, but they buy one player and boom, they win immediately. So it's like money, money talks. And as we can yeah. see when it comes to Ineos, they're still winning. Um, Decoinic, they're still winning. And it's like, I think that these super teams is not necessarily like a bad thing, but will we see Intermarche, Wanty, Gobert running at the front of races? Probably not. Because, like I said, money talks. So I think that it's kind of the way it's just going to go. And I think there will be another team one of these days. Like you said, Lavi Claire was that team one day. Sure. Now yeah. it changed, you know? So. Yeah. I, you know, I I guess it's just a matter of things happening that way. I just, you know, you wish you, wish you could have the love spread out a little bit more open and thin where – you know, you had some specific teams built around specific riders, as Bora Hansgrohe probably appeared to be when it began this process. They built a team around Peter Sagan, as you were saying, Jackson. Um, but now their budget has increased immensely, and their appetite for more than just one rider winning all their races has changed Has changed the game. Um you know, it, it, I, I, I also think it's it, it makes me a little bit melancholy for some of the smaller teams, the, you know, EF education, you know, where they're trying, they're just scrappy and they're trying to get shit done, you know, and get in where they can. Um, but if they get some of the great riders, they're not going to stay there for very long. It's, you know, it's a minor league budget in the, in the major leagues. I think that's a way of sports, though, right yeah. now. I mean, uh, 
the Yankees are one, uh, Man U, uh, Byron Munchen, same thing in, in the Bundesliga. Um, you know, it, it's the teams that have the budget uh, seem to be, or, you know, get the best players. It doesn't always equate to victories, but um, sure. I think cycling will suffer greatly if, if that's the way it's going to go. It's going to be top heavy because it's sponsored base. It's not invest investors or corporations, that, you know what I mean, that are really doing it. It's cycling such an odd sport that yeah. lives off of sponsorship. So I don't think it's a good thing we go that way and are we reaching the phase where it, it sponsoring a cycling team is almost like sponsoring a sailing team you know is are we really is it really turning over that high of a profit margin in terms of the marketing and advertisement or do you just have some major corporations with cycling fanatics at the helm who want to put a lot of money into watching bike races i mean i i think that's kind of what it sounds like the more hands grow up guys are you know they're just big cycling nuts who who just want to they're fine they got extra money because people are buying sinks and showers or whatever the fuck they sell yeah yeah all right so uh th there we go um i while one of us were speaking i i, I texted you guys because uh, i forgot to send the the, pr the previous uh, homework, I guess. Uh, there is one cobbled classic left, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're listening to this on a Wednesday, it has already happened. Um, the postponement of Perry Roubaix means that spring 2021 cobbled classic season will instead become to a premier premature end this Wednesday at Shettle Price. Shettle Price. Edelweiss. Shettle Price. <laughs> Which one is it? Is that, did I get close, Paul? I think that's a Scheidel price. Scheidel it's price. close enough. All yeah, right. I'm not yeah. A wordsmith. Yeah, and I've been destroying names yeah. since I started this podcast in 1999. So uh, speaking of since, uh, since 2010, uh, it, it has taken place on the Wednesday between the Tour of Flanders and Paris-Roubaix, providing kind of a downtime, easier racing between those two major monuments. Uh, this year, however, with the rescheduling of Paris-Roubaix to October, I'm knocking on wood because I want to make sure it does get rescheduled to October. Um, there's not going to be any more Cobble Classics for a while. So um, this one, this race is usually a classic for sprinters. Um, the Cobbles don't really feature a large element into the actual uh, race itself. It's a pretty flat race. Uh, all comes down to a bunch sprint. Um, past winners, let me think, uh, Marshall Kittle, five titles. Um uh, Mark Cavendish, Tom Bonin, all has claimed multiple victories. Mario Cipollini, Eric Zoppel, um, things like that. So um, I did send you guys, uh, by the way, and this is a, a flat out. If you guys, if you guys, if you're a bike racing fan and you don't know about ProCyclingStats.com, I, I think the guys on on GCN when they're covering a race now constantly refer to the fact that they they, they print off these rosters. And they're just they're, that's what they're using at, uh, as they're doing their events. This is this is the best pro cycling site I think on the internet right now, hands down. Um, but it's got the full start list. Um, I sent that to you guys, and and um, and I, I don't necessarily want to throw you under the bus right out of the gates, but fuck it, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Um, <laughs> what do you, wh I'm looking. Um, you know, a lot of the usual suspects in terms of teams attending, um, we're going to have to, you know, most people, if you're going to put, if you're a betting person, you're probably going to lean heavily towards a sprinter. Um, 
it says Nasser Buhani is 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 on the start list. I I guess his disqualification only led to just that day in in that race earlier in the year. By the way, who uh, Nasser Buhani is a dickhead. But for all the people who are throwing racist uh, sediments and 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 comments at him, fuck off. Uh, for you. Mm. If, if if you're a racist prick, just don't go online ever. Just sit in a hole in your house and die. Um, that's that's just how I feel about <laughs> racist fucks. Um, Nasser Buhani's a prick, but you don't have to be a a bigger prick. Sorry. There. Anyway, but he's he scheduled the start, um, and and then we go from there. So. Um, Evo Pro Racing. I don't know Evo Pro. Do, am I the only one that doesn't know Evo Pro? Pretty cool shirt or pretty cool jersey. It is a pretty cool kit. I'm just looking at that <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, holy shit. Uh, I might pick them just, you know, I like the colors. Um, this, <laughs> should we go uh, Should we go two riders for this, gentlemen, and, and see what you could pull off? Anybody got any any sure. any ideas of whether where it's going to end up? Paul, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll make a prediction that... Uh, Nasir Bahani will sweep the field just out of anger. <laughs> and Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> and I see Jake Stewart's not on the start list because he has a broken hand from their last tangle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he received it. So I'm actually going to take uh, Jake Stewart, one of his uh, his teammate, yeah. um, Arnaud Dumar. I was just looking one. at that. Yeah, that's a good choice. And the other one, uh, it'd be a fool not to do Sam Bennett. And and I'm gonna put in a third too. Uh, I'll do Ackerman. Ackerman, okay. Um, yeah. So those are my three. You picked three, even though I said two. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you slide. You're drinking the probably the best beer out of all three of us. So. <laughs> Although the don't you wanna wanna Fanta? Uh, Jackson, what do you wanna wanna pick? Um, I. To make things interesting, I will not pick any of what Paul just said. So I pick, because I think he's been on pretty good form. I'll pick Giacomo Nizzolo. For who's the uh, red for? Quebec Asso. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. And then I this might be a bit of an outside shout, but I'm gonna pick Tim Merlier. For Alpes and Phoenix. Okay, okay, okay. It's uh, a good choice. Where's that it? is a good choice. Uh, I got to pick two, don't I? Um, I would really love John Dagenkold to win a race. I don't think he's going to win this one. Um, I, I, I just wanted to say his name. Um, I think um, Viviani is actually finding his form. I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick him to do it. Apparently, Paul's dog doesn't think Viviani's going to pull it off. That's uh, a stupid no, anyway, it's fine. Rescue no, dog. It's fine. Sorry. It's fine. No, it's a rescue dog. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Viviani and Arno Damar. I, I, I don't necessarily, I, I don't know why. I just, I, they're not the guys I necessarily want to win, but I think they're going to they're gonna be up there. So we'll see what happens there. Alexander Kristoff is the leader for UAE Team Emirates, but um, God, he, he needs, so he needs, a, speaking of dogs, he, he needs a bone thrown to him because that guy's just had shit luck i don't know who his tire sponsors are and i'm not going to mention them out loud on the show but i have seen him slamming his hand on his stem so many times in frustration over flat <laughs> tires this year it has just been horrible hey speaking of tires hey did did, uh, did i forget to mention that um flanders was finally won on clinchers 
No, well, th- there is there is a discrepancy there because there is. Uh-oh. Um, uh, I can't remember who was in, it. Happened in the '90s, and when Michelin had their clinchers, supposedly they didn't really mark it, but there might have been a chance that Michelin were uh, had been one on that. So, oh, really? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, yeah it, it, I mean, no one's keeping track back then. You know, you win a race, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, nobody was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, I, I this do, is the first disc break win, yeah. you know. I do remember the first Shimano win of a tour. Yeah. Because it was Campagnolo forever. And then one year, a Shimano win, and that was that was Voldemort, wasn't it? His first mm-hmm. win was, yeah, his first win. Yeah, yeah. 1999. There we go. Uh, okay, gentlemen, 57 minutes in. Let's switch to our topic brought to our friends, brought to us by our friends over at Mojo Cyclery. Check them online at mojocyclery.com or even better, when in the great Pacific Northwest, stop by and experience the best part of the shop. I could almost do this commercial like as a reed sitting in a fireplace. When you're ever in the great Pacific Northwest, stop in and experience the best part of the shop, the bike shop. The crew, the laughs, the insight. No highbrow bullshit, just good guys and good bikes. <laughs> I love the guys at Mojo, man. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I see myself in a big high back leather chair with a cigar and a brandy reading that one, even though I hate brandy. Um, you guys, I want to talk about equality today, and I know I'm going to be walking a very fine line today and probably pissing some people off. And you know what? I guess, what do they say? You know, a, a a person who likes you tells one person. A person who hates you tells ten. So maybe we'll just get like a lot of people who hate me today. On my ride yesterday, I had a really, really good time. Um, nothing like riding in a place that's new. Uh, I was riding at my own pace, feeling good. I saw about twenty other cyclists on the course of this uh, this over you know two plus hour ride, um, all of which were people on e-bikes. Um, at many times, I had to push to either pass or stay ahead of people on e-bikes. I found myself going hard, refusing to let them pass me. Um, and in fact, uh, I got to pour a little bit into my glass here for a second because I'm about to say Roger Thompson contacted me today and, and shared with me a story about a, uh, a situation with an e-bike rider who passed him on a climb. In fact, Roger had, has it on video, and we should post the video because <laughs> the guy's just the guy's in sweats and, and stuff like that, and he's, he's going past Roger on that climb on the north side of the river coming from seven mile back home. Um, that good steep little pitch there, that steep climb coming out of, out of Riverside mm-hmm. State Park. And the guy passed him. And um, and then I guess, you know, he kind of gave Roger a look or something like that, okay? Um, now, I'm not going to lie. Every single one of the riders I saw on my ride yesterday was having a great time. Every single one. Um, but you guys, let's be honest here. I want to... I wanna, I'll put myself down as the liability... Uh, person for this podcast um let's be brutally honest okay is e-biking really cycling on a personal level i want you guys to tell me your personal feelings and nobody's going to take this these quotes out of context and you know well they fucking they might but but you know hi pat bolzer is in charge of this podcast is e-bike cycling truly cycling on your personal level 
just initial thoughts, gentlemen. I think, I think it is yes, and I think we talked about this today, but I think sure. it is a different category of cycling in general. You know how um, mountain biking is a different category. Gravel cycling is, I think, e biking, cycling, whatever it's called, yeah. is as well. Um, and there's a reason why they hold different race categories for it. You know, I think um, Tom Pick. Pidcock didn't win the U23 mountain bike championships. He won the U, well, he did, but he didn't, he also won the U23 E mountain bike championships. So it's like, it's, I think it's a different thing altogether. I don't think that, I mean, I feel like it's apples and oranges when you, when you compare the two, because one is just so different from the other. And, and so is the weight as well. Um, Oh yeah. But I, I, I think it is. And I think they're a really cool invention, especially for people who are really into cycling and like a spouse or a friend wants to ride with them, but they're just at different levels. And I think, I think they're really cool for that. Paul, initial thoughts on e-biking. I wouldn't put it in the same category as regular cycling. Um, I think it's a recreational type of thing. I put it under recreational. Um, I can't imagine anybody feeling like uh, they accomplish the same amount that somebody who just does regular cycling without a motor. Yeah. Um, but I, I can see the purpose of it. Like what Jackson said, if you have, you're riding with somebody who, who's not of equal talent or, you know, fitness, um, or somebody who's handicapped or has heart problems or whatever to be able to stay with friends that are doing that. I know Leonard Zins uses, uh, because his heart problem does use it, uh, So for those purposes, but for anybody to come off like supposedly what Roger experienced, this guy like, hey, well, can't you keep up with me? You yeah. know, that type of thing. Uh, there's no reason for any snobbery when it comes around that. Um, but great for commuting if it got more people out of cars. Yeah. Would I, know, I, I think there's a purpose for it. But Would either of you ride one? I probably would never. Really? Yeah. I don't have any reason to. Yeah. Jack? I think if I was more of a mount, like a a gravity-based cyclist, like a downhill mountain biker, I definitely yeah. would just because you get to ride back up a lot quicker yeah. and get to just get through runs, which I think would be cool. I um, I would love one as a, uh, like a utility bike. Um, when I was doing, when I was shooting the, uh, the Bend Bike Towns episode, Karsten and I were down there and we went to an e-bike based store in Bend and uh there was one in particular that was a cargo front on it it had a like a wheelbarrow in the front of it and i sat in this thing me 200 plus pounds of me sat in this thing with my camera and Karsten got on the bike and he pedaled me all over downtown bend and I was like, how are you doing? He says, "It's I'm fine. And at some point, he put some speed into it, some effort into it. And I and he was going hard, and the bike was was propelling him. He, it, he was still doing work, but it was moving us, and we were hauling. And, I, you know, that's a 200-pound cargo load in the front of this thing. I was thinking to myself, holy shit, what could this do? to uh, make your grocery store runs different or your even your runs oh. to the hardware store different or your daily just a, about town type of a bike. I, I live in an area, Paul, we live in an area where you can get most of your daily supply runs done within a 5, 10-mile radius. 
Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, holy shit, this would I would never drive in the summer. I would take this thing everywhere. It would be perfect. Um, I don't know if I'd buy one for a for any type of larger type of of use. Um, and I and I have to admit, I thought immediately of my wife. And and for those of you haters who are going to give me shit, thinking this is a male or female issue, this isn't a male or female issue. My wife and I love riding our tandem together, but she gets sore from the saddle. We've gone through the saddle issue with her. She has sit bones that are just because she doesn't ride as much as I do, and. She, who the f- why the fuck should she? But um, you know, and but she she and I love riding together. Um, she gets sore from the fact that she can't stand up. She can't get out of the saddle because on the tandem, riding out of the saddle on the tandem almost takes like uh, uh like you got to go to the crossroads and make a deal with the devil to learn how to properly ride a tandem out of the saddle. It's an awkward. You got to be perfectly in sync with each other, and so. She doesn't get out of the saddle very often. We have to coast, and, and she has to rest her sit bones and things like that. And I was thinking, holy shit, she and I could go for longer road gravel type of rides together, and, and she would be comfortable and not, you know, the great thing about the tandem is no matter where we go, we end up at the top of the climbs together. And and this would be something that's together. And I'm not saying as somebody who's, you know, I'm yeah, I'm fitter on a bike than she is because I it's a priority in my life. She does different things. I do different things. But we could do this together. And um, I, I, th- I think it would be a great, a great thing for the two of us. Um, how about e-bikes in racing, guys? Do you think there should be e-bikes in, 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 in a specific category? Um, a buddy of mine and I are talking about putting on a, a long event, um, hint, hint, a 24-hour style of an event in the in the future and we're thinking okay are we going to have to open this up to e-bikes because they are out there do we open a separate category for it before we have to deal with people sneaking in and doing their midnight laps on an e-bike what do you guys think about doing it in terms of racing yeah i think um i think if there is a bike people will want to race that bike sure uh, and i think that if you are going to race an e-bike, it has to be within its own category. Um, Cause I know that where, depending on your like regional uh, stipulations, you can only go a specific speed on that. And then after that speed, it's all up to you for the rest of it. Yeah. So I think that they definitely belong in their own category because I'm sorry, but if like, if me on my hardtail mountain bike with no assistance goes up against that, there's no competition whatsoever. Oh. So I think, Yes, there is a place for them in racing, I feel, but I feel like they like this is my hard like they need to be in their own category because it's just not fair. Yeah, I agree. Paul, anything on on racing an e-bike? I'm not saying, you know, that they are allowed to race along with us, with side of us, because shit, no, that that, you know, e-bikes and non motorized bikes never should be in the same race together period yeah and i agree i mean if people want to race those that's fine interested in doing or even watching i have no interest whatsoever it's the purpose of cycling for me is 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 the physical and and mental ability to to push yourself to the limit on this machine that gives you a mechanical advantage you know um but throwing a electric motor in there kind of waters everything down and 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in watching or participating in any e-bike yeah. races. I, to be honest with you, I don't even see a purpose of it. <laughs> I don't. I, uh, I, I'm also at the so. point now where I'm seeing um, situations where people are starting to complain about the fact that you've got uh, net trail networks that are non-motorized bikes, non-motor motorized uh, vehicles only. Um, are we running into a moment where an e-bike is a motorized vehicle? And should e-bikes be allowed on these trails? Um, I, I think there's going to need to be a very soon redefinition of what a non-motorized vehicle is. Because I guess, you know, with an e-bike, you still have to pedal. So I guess maybe that is, that is our, uh, our caveat there. Yeah, it's a. I, <clears throat> it's funny because as you said that, that, that literally came into my mind. Um, but yeah, it's a weird line that is is walked when we talk about that because technically they are motorized in a sense, but they are human powered. And I know that depending on where the bike is, they can only go a specific speed. Like I, I think I just sure. said a couple minutes ago. But what is that speed? What if there's a specific speed that is a little too fast for say a centennial trail, you know, or yeah. like, like your yeah. local, your local, uh, shared path. Like what if you are going 25 miles an hour on that path? Like that's pretty fast. Yeah. So it, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I guess what I'm leaning toward with this, and this is when I, when I said at the, at the beginning of this topic, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, um, equality and, and things like that. And, and I know there are larger issues and I, I, I want, the listener to know before you get upset or offended or things like that i'm talking about electric bicycles okay i'm not talking about any type of uh, a greater issue here there are things that i that i don't like okay um I, I personally i don't i don't like third eyes i think the people with the third eyes on their glasses i think they're terrible i think they look stupid i think people who go in full day glow i think it looks terrible i think it looks stupid i think people who put their bibs on on the outside of their jerseys i, I think it's terrible justin i'm not picking on you buddy uh i love you man i love you like a fucking brother but um I, I don't like these things. And I, I also equate this issue with things that I've noticed about like people with masks. Have you ever noticed when you go out and you see people without masks walking around daring you to bring it up? Where they're just like they want you to challenge them. Um, I kind of see that way, this thing with, with our current society in that we're being forced to walk up to everybody and give them a giant hug. And um, even if you don't like some of these things, and I'm not, okay, I'm, I, I know that somebody's going to take this and run with it and go, wow, Pat's the racist who's sending stuff to Buhani. That, I, fuck racists, okay? But I do want to also say, um, I don't have to like the things that you do. But you don't have to force me to like the things that you do. do I, I, am, I make, am I making sense here? Um yeah, I think you're a prick because you're not wearing a mask. But I guess if you're not going to wear a mask, that's your thing. Um, I accept you for what you do. I think it's dorky. I don't have to immediately walk up and hug you and, 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 and say it's okay for you to ride my wheel. Uh, do you ever feel angry or competitive when you're caught by an e-bike? Do you guys Do you guys ever, ever feel that way at all? Uh, it, has, it hasn't truly happened 
yet. Really? I don't think there's enough e-bikes around here. We oh, did shit. pass one on the on a climb, you and I. Yeah. Some lady on one. Yeah, and we were like, oh, shit. Yeah. We got to stay ahead <laughs> yeah. of her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're done with a, a three-and-a-half-hour ride going up a hill. And, yeah. of course, we're trying to cool down a little bit. But once you you don't want to get caught, so you, yeah. I'm sure we put more effort than normal. Yeah. So that didn't happen. But, yeah, that's the only incident for me. So I don't know yet. Jackson, you I ever think. been caught or 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 forced to stay ahead of one? I don't. You like Paul? I don't know if I've had too many experiences with it. So with it's just my me. off-road emphasis in some cases. <laughs> you know that you'd you'd be surprised that I haven't come face to face with one. But yeah, it's they are very limited, especially in Portland. I know that commuting they're good yeah. here, but I've never like been in that situation. Uh, and, and and we're a competitive group. You know, uh, uh, cyclists as as a as a general. Are, are a competitive group um and and i just think if i were the person on the e-bike don't you think i mean or if you were the person on the e-bike and you came up to a cyclist wouldn't you just want to look at them and go man good job by the way i'm on an e-bike wouldn't you want to tell them to say you're, you're a stud i'm on an e-bike don't freak out it's kind of like when i was i remember i did back in the early days of triathlon they had team categories of triathlon and um, when I did one of my first troikas, which was a uh, you know early triathlon in this in the area of Spokane, I was obviously the cyclist for a team, and um, we started towards the back of all the swimmers. And my swimmer came out, and my swimmer was fucking stud and caught up to a lot of the individual competitors. And so I was flying back in those days, and I would be catching all the triathletes when I was coming by them and they would be freaking out. They'd be going as hard as they could. And I would come up alongside them and I would just get to the point where I'd say, I'm a team. I'm on a team, team, team. And I could see them relax and kind of back off as an e-bike rider. Shouldn't you kind of just say, I, yeah, I have 300 Watts on my disposal that I recharged last night. Shouldn't you kind of be okay with saying that to people? I'm, personally surprised that people don't like notice it at first because when somebody's coming by you and you hear some of them are so silent though yeah that's true like the pinarella one we saw i I, I bet was super silent where you just touch the top tube but yeah i think that like i said it's a different category so i don't think like people should be trying to compete with each other when it comes to this because there is no competition so i think just the clarification in some cases can sometimes save someone's ego as yeah. well as <laughs> you know and and just because you're you've you've shelled some money out for one of these things doesn't automatically i don't know roger said it really well today he said i have a four-wheel drive car i'm not going to hop in my four-wheel drive car and go out to the off-road vehicle park and suddenly try to bounce around with the guys in their atvs because i think i I'm on an equal playing field. Yeah. Is that a shitty metaphor or, or, or a comparison? Or, or I don't know. I think it very much sums up the conversation we're having in that, like, it's just there are two opposite ends of the spectrum that just, that unfortunately with such competitive characters are going to go from this to this, just butting heads. Sure. That's is, that is how we are in a lot of cases. I'm tired of being taught of as as an elitist roadie uh, because I have my history in the sport because I have my my thoughts on 
what I think is cool and what I think is dorky. I'm not walking up to somebody saying, that third eye is fucking stupid. You should be embarrassed. You should go the fuck home, loser. But in my mind, I'm thinking, did you lose a fucking bet? Is, is that why you're wearing that thing? In my mind, I'm saying that, but I'm not I'm not walking around telling people to quit the sport because they have a third eye. It, I, I, I don't know. I guess I've just... I think we all need to lighten up a little bit more. Yeah, you can go out and ride whatever bike you want. That doesn't mean I have to suddenly accept the fact that you beat my Strava segment riding a, a you know a, a fat bike with a Bosch motor at your bottom bracket. So I don't know. Am I ranting? Does anybody else have anything to go a with wee on bit, this? A wee bit. Wee bit. Okay. I just yeah. I'm I'm all for acceptance, but I'm all for also each people each group accepting who they are. Um, I show up at a mountain bike race on my hardtail. The downhillers give me shit about it. Um, and that's the, I'm, I'm fine with them giving me shit about it because I will beat them on the climb, but they're going to smoke my ass on, on the rock garden and they're going to smoke my ass on the really tight, twisty single track. They are better at that than I am. I am better at climbing than they are. We're all still riding together. I just, everybody needs to lighten the fuck up. Okay, there. Oh, sorry. Off, off. Uh, and, you know. and if you're on an e-bike, enjoy the fuck out of yourself. If you come up on a roadie in tight lycra all over his entire body and, and he's, he's going, he or she is going as hard as they possibly can and you go past them, understand what they're doing and how hard they've been working to get there and just look at them and go, wow, great job. You should get a motor. Or something like that. And just laugh. <laughs> and just laugh. You know, realize that you have a motor. All right. There we go. Um, it's time for Watch This. With Paul Maine. Brought to you by our friends at Scratch Labs. Speaking, well done. Thank you. Speaking of Scratch Labs, um, there is a new flavor alert. Um, I think we mentioned this at the onset of the show. Right. Yeah. Um, grape. Grape from Scratch Labs. Um Jackson, you had a really good before we get to the video segment, you had a you had a really good thought about grape. You were like, yay yeah, I, or uh-oh. Yeah. I always find that grape, much like cherry in a lot of ways, and with with their chews, they have actually avoided this very well, and I applaud them. But grape can go in an instant into cough medicine. <laughs> It's either cough medicine or it's great. So I'm in, I'm really interested to try it, and I know yeah. that they will keep up with what they have done in the past with keeping it great. And everything is everything is they use so much more natural flavors, so it's going to be an interesting grape flavor. Because for example, the strawberry, I know you guys weren't a gigantic fan of because it has strawberry seeds in it while you're drinking it. I didn't mind the strawberry. I never did. Um, I thought it was actually pretty good. Um, the grape is going to be interesting if it's going to taste like that Jolly Rancher grape or is it going to taste like grape juice grape? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting I, I, I think there's a consistent basis, like you said, uh, um, that they use natural ingredients. Yeah. And then uh, I hate cherry. I hate fake cherry because of the just what Jackson said, that whole cough syrup, cough syrup yeah. um but real i like cherry pie i like real cherry stuff yeah and and same with things that are too great but the the artificial grape the artificial uh, cherry don't like it 
when it came to the strawberry, I just don't like strawberries in any fashion, way, or form. And I just don't like strawberry. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Okay. Um, I, I don't have any fear. It's going to taste good. I used to tank, drink tons of grape juice. I like red wine. I like grapes. I can eat red grapes <laughs> until I'm squirting through an eye of a needle at 40 paces. You know, that's, that's uh, my take on it. So I got a feeling it's going to be good. And I'm looking forward to it because pineapples yeah. are my favorite. And uh, for right now, the, the other citrusy played a little bit of yeah. weird things in my belly. So I'm looking forward okay. to the grape. There we go. I believe uh, in them. They mm-hmm. also had a most popular flavor poll released, and strawberry lemonade was the one that won that one. But uh, check them out at scratchlabs.com today. Paul, you sent us a video for the week. I don't think I got it to the listeners. So um, I'm going to post that one immediately so they can kind of go off of our discussion and then have a chance to, to, to view and see what was going on. Um, please refresh us all on what I am going to send out what was supposed to send out last week last week it was it was uh the kunix uh version of milan san remo but i ended up sending you because it's a little more current yeah and flanders being that we're not trying to keep that whole cobblestone i mean the cobble classics Paul, you're phasing in and out behind the scenes. You're going to have to just say that. Try that one more time Uh, because you would. I got that you'd sent us the original Milan San Remo and um, and then you switched it to the Flanders, the current most current Flanders. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which is the behind the scenes. So that. Everybody's freezing up on me. Uh I might be gone. Turn, no, I can, yeah. I can, I can hear you. Um, turn off your camera. You don't need to have your camera on. Maybe that'll help. Alrighty. Sometimes Hang if you sometimes if your device is is doing one instead of two, it works smoother. How's that? This sounds great. Yeah. Any better. Yeah. We're getting in Good. high traffic time. So yeah. So th- this is a uh, yeah, and so. Um, I, I sent the de Kunik Flanders one, uh, and you get to see the background. There's a good interview at, with Askren and, and his perspective of, of how things went in the race. I thought it was pretty interesting. So it was um, so immediate. Yeah, there you go. It was so immediate that I was I was watching it, and I'm not gonna lie, I I, I didn't watch it until today, but um, I I pulled a jack. I didn't watch it to the last second, but it was. I, I, I was like, holy shit! This is this is stuff that just happened. I was I thought this was mm-hmm. like Flanders last year, or and no offense, I thought you know with your style, your mo, this is Flanders from 1992 or mm-hmm. 84. This was this was this year's Flanders, and it was yeah. immediate and and like the behind the scenes stuff before this very race, and you know and the, and the the PowerPoint that they're showing the guys, you know about believing and, and working together and this kind of stuff it's that that we get this insight and talk about pulling the curtain back and showing us yeah. what happens behind the scenes I, I that 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 they're putting this stuff out there specialized if you're paying attention you know give Patrick Lefebvre some money so he can buy some <laughs> some good shoes you know because I think he's walking around with the Kleenex boxes on his feet um, I loved it Jackson did, did you get a chance? 
Yes, I did. Yeah, I I love these type of videos because like you get to see that behind the scenes, you get to see more personality than you just do on like on the road. So I think that's yeah. really I find that fascinating, and I find like this type of kind of vlog style in a little bit, but more verging onto that film area. I I really enjoyed that whenever I go to YouTube to watch something. I always get excited whenever I see something like that posted. Much like uh, what Enios is doing now with their off script stuff. Yeah, They're doing something super similar mm-hmm. to it. And I like that type of video. And I, I, I love that we're entering into a world where this is going to be common practice. Um, where we're seeing uh, the, I, I think, I, I personally think EF did it first with the go, going racing stuff. And um, it's just, it's getting more and more in depth and more intense. And, and you're getting to see so much more behind the scenes stuff that we never got to see before. Um, you know, God, we've come a long way. Paul, we've come a long way from John Tesh every every <laughs> every five weeks. And then waiting for our episodes of Vela News and winning to come in the mail before we could see, what, you know, who won what. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah I think it's great. Down. Yeah. Do um, you got anything for us? Now, I'm going to obviously post this most pre- recent one, but you got anything for us? Yeah. I, you mentioned about since there's no Perry Roubaix that they come up with an option. Um, I will post one. I'll find one that's not, you could watch the whole seat. I mean, the whole race, if you want to on that particular year, but I picked this one particular year cause there was a lot going on and it's recent. Like, uh, what? like, um, I think it's seven years ago. So Holy yeah, shit. Okay. that's recent to me. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we should, uh, you know, obviously we're going to, we're going to do our ride, but I, I think everybody should watch a version of Perry Roubaix this Sunday. Just, just, mm-hmm. you know, p- start it whenever you want. You could, because you know, there, nobody will post any spoilers and fuck it all up for you. Um, just, just sit back with a cold beer at cocktail hour and, and watch a, a recent, Perry Roubaix and just pretend it all happened, and um, and hey, I we, we said it at the onset of the show. I'll say it again. We're doing our own little mini tribute to Perry Roubaix this Sunday, at 10 a.m. at the Nine Mile Falls School in Nine Mile Falls, Washington. If you hear this show in time and and you would like to attend, we're not gonna. You know what? I I, sh- I was gonna just offer it up to Packville. Club Packville members, if you are a listener to this show and you want to come play, come play. This is an un- unsanctioned ride. There's no support. We're not going to give you a cookie, but I'll have a big pile of swag that everybody can come and pick something from at the end of the ride. And Paul, I, this it, this ride, it, from what you've described, it's it's going to be, oh shit, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, the, the goat. No, I plan, if it goes over well, I have another section of gravel to extend out the mileage. But I thought I wanted to ease people into it. So, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're breaking us in easy. It's like the yeah. first, first one's free. Paul's Paul's our meth dealer, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys. We're in an hour twenty-eight. We, we're gonna we're gonna hit our ninety-minute mark, which we all do. And you know, everybody says you know. Kind of, hours how long a podcast should be but we got more shit to talk about right um uh we're and you and i are going to do a couple big rides this weekend right paul we were planning on making up for not going to the out land of the outdoor shower and we're going to be doing some good rides so we'll be nice and tired by the time of the race on sunday so if you've ever wanted to beat paul main in a bike race this might be the day it's easily done 
too, beating me. <laughs> Don't believe his face, too, because he's, he's been telling everybody that he's got that suffer face that is just absolutely full of shit. Yeah. Well, um, and everybody, keep in mind that if you want to become a member of the Pack Filler, uh, we've got one month left. We've got one month left. Our preseason special, while our season special ends at the end of April, it is $60 for a $250 prize package. That's that's a hell of a deal. So uh, be sure and check us out at packfiller.com. Become a member of the Pack Filler Deals, free swag, and great events like the one we're just kind of teasing you with this this uh, this upcoming Sunday. Uh, Jackson Bulger, you guys are going to come and pick me up, and we're going to go to dinner, right? We are sweet because I've had nothing but beer and some uh, Asian meatballs from a nearby market, which were delicious, mind you, by the way. You've had those those recently as well. Those are really good. Those are awesome. I had those, but I'm ready for something more substantial. Uh, So, uh, Jackson, thanks for thanks for once again being our, our, our remote, even though all three of us are remote. Yes, thank you. Paul Main, thanks, buddy. Um, I, I had to take a picture of, of your cat just perched over your head earlier in the day because I thought it was hilarious. He looked like at any given point in time, he's just going to be like, I'm going for the top of the head, motherfucker. Yeah, do this. yeah. yeah and then I'm sorry that Flanders has a tendency. They kind of battle each other. You probably heard the barking and, and yapping in the Can you, show. But. Just, just to recap, tell us the names of your animals. Flanders yeah. is our Boston Terrier. Yeah. Uh, the rescue dog, we didn't get to name. Oh. She's Chloe, oh, okay. but I, no. I say Chloe Digart, <laughs> if anybody asks. <laughs> and then uh, the cat that you saw on the screen is Walter from Walter Planker. Walter so. Planker, yeah. So yeah. if anybody questions Paul's authenticity about being a true cyclist, <laughs> you can fuck off. Uh, my, <laughs> my dog's name is Bender, and it's not after the... Uh, the character from Futurama. It's after my father-in-law. So, um, yeah, that's an awkward moment that I'm going to end the show. Thanks, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.